A major injury shakes up the NFL draft and the NFL. Are Texas and Miami back? Uh, we're looking ahead at a ho-hum week three college football slate and more coming up on the Draft Countdown Podcast. tonight's edition of the Draft Countdown Podcast. I'm your co-host, Brian Bosars, joined as always by my co-host, Shane P. Hallam. Shane, we are 224 days, 22 hours, 58 minutes, and 24 seconds away from the 2024 NFL Draft. And I think we learned a little bit more this past week, and uh, as we start to get closer to conference play, I'm excited to see some of these schools stop playing the cupcake games and get to some of the big games, uh, you know, week Week three coming up is uh, still kind of a week slate, but uh, week four, week five, we're going to really be getting into it. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about week three uh, coming up. But first, if you're uh, new to the channel and caught this live on Twitter or on YouTube and you want to subscribe to the channel, please go ahead and do so and hit that notification bell so you get notified when we go live each and every week when we do it. Uh, if you have a question uh, that you need answered, uh, feel free to ask it on Twitter or live here in the chat, and we will answer it in the show. Or you can join our Discord server by going to draftcountdown.com in the top right corner of the search bar. There's a link to join the Discord. Uh, please come on in, have some fun discussions with us uh, live during games as games are happening and everything. A lot of uh, a lot of discussion going down about our first topic uh, from Monday night uh, happened in the Discord server there, Shane. So that is the big news, and we got to lead with that, right? Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Torn his Achilles, tore his Achilles uh, on the fourth, the fourth offensive play for the New York Jets uh, Monday night, and I don't want to say that their Super Bowl hopes and dreams are over, but uh, it certainly appears that way. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're over. There's nothing you can do. There's no one you can trade for or sign that's going to make this better at this point. Uh, you know, it's it's it sucks. I'm not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan in the world, but, um, you know, I, I, I was feeling for Jets fans. They've been through a lot. And like, you know, like you with the Bengals, like Browns fans, like sometimes I kind of root for the, some of those teams that have been through the ringer. I think the Jets are one of those teams. So it's really unfortunate that curse continues. I mean, Zach Wilson's not going to leave them there. And for NFL draft purposes, it's big for us because now – um, the Jets, you know, would have moved their first round pick to the Packers had Rogers stayed healthy. Um, and now that he got hurt, he does, he's not going to meet the snap minimum. That first becomes a second. So, so 
the uh, Jets will have their first round pick in the 2024 NFL draft. And that's another thing we'll talk a little bit about later. But I mean, this now at age 38, an Achilles injury, this has to put Aaron Rodgers, you know, future in question, right? You know, this is not something that you tend to recover from at that age as quickly as you do if, say, if he was 28 instead of 38. So now you're looking at what his age at the recover from it at his age 39 season, maybe even into age 40. It's not not good. So the Jets now with what could end up being a pick. I mean, I think their defense will be good enough to keep them from just completely crashing to the top of the first round. But, you know, you could be looking at a pick probably anywhere from the 8 to 16 range. And maybe they have to start thinking about that uh, another quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he almost retired this past in the cards. So you have to think Achilles injury, you're going to rehab from, have to come back from if you're him. So see what happens. Uh, if he stays, I think you got to think about the quarterback. Wilson obviously isn't the guy. You're only probably going to have one more year left of him. So, yeah, Green Bay will now get the Jets' second-round pick uh, in lieu of their first-round pick. So, adjust your mock drafts accordingly, Shane. Uh, yeah, I know. It, of course, happened the day, the night I released my mock draft. So, uh, I mean, I still made the swap of picks. I just didn't, Luckily, they were both offensive tackles, so it worked out. Yeah, that's always good. So, uh, speaking of the week one of the NFL – there was some shocking numbers uh, came across that board. Uh, I, I know ourselves; we really don't want to talk about you know what our teams did in Week One, so we we, we don't need to we don't need to bring that up. But uh, I think the biggest story had to be the beating that Dallas put on the Giants right on Sunday Night Football. I think a lot of people thought the Giants at home had a good chance of that game. Right, this is a playoff team won, won a playoff game against the Vikings last year. You like uh, Brian Dabble as a coach, but yeah, I mean they looked bad all around. The Giants just could not could not hack it. Didn't have the the offensive firepower and weapons, and the defense uh, could not hold up. So that was surprising that it was over so quickly and such a blowout. Um, I, I don't think the Giants are done. I don't think they're going to be awful. Like I think that's going to look much worse. And we're going to look back and be like, how did they lose forty nothing week one? Right at the end of the season, uh, I think we'll, we'll feel that way. But uh, yeah, I mean, after paying Daniel Jones, you expected better. Well, let me say with that game because I, I thought about this last year, and after Monday or Sunday night, it, it's even more in my brain. Did you, as an evaluator, see the type of pass rush that Micah Parsons could bring to the NFL that he has? Did Did you see that when he was coming out? Because I didn't. Well, the reason is he wasn't used in that way at Penn State. I mean, he played more of an off-ball linebacker role for them, so we really didn't get to see him, you know, off the edge rushing the passer. It was just that athleticism that he has was so explosive and so good. It's almost – I think the Cowboys saw him in camp. It was like, this guy is our best pass rusher. Like, how do we not utilize him there and kind of move him around in a way where he can do everything. So no, I had, I mean, I had him graded very high because the athleticism and there was talks that, that, you know, that was a real possibility that he could kind of do everything you saw. 
I think you saw the athletic ability, like, okay, this guy could, his first step is incredible. How does Penn State not, you know, have him rushing the passer if that's the case? Um, but we didn't get to really see that on film in college. Any other week one observations other than Kadarius Tony, ain't it? <laughs> uh, I mean, at least he caught a pass. Guy more <laughs> dropping passes, didn't even catch one. So, um, it, yeah, I mean, I think some of the – some of those big losses to big teams that we know are going to be good. The Chiefs, we talked about the Bills losing to the Jets after that Aaron Rodgers injury. Um, you know, let me say one one note for me was Jordan Love was exceptional for the Packers. It was the Bears. I didn't expect the Bears' defense isn't anything great. We'll see. But, uh, you know, former first-round pick at quarterback, I think a lot of people would cast away that he's no good because he never started when Aaron Rodgers was there. But now they changed the system. Um, to work with him, and I, I thought what we saw last year was good, and I thought this game he was exceptional. I, you know, I don't think it's gonna be Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, but I think Jordan Love is maybe maybe could be a really really good quarterback in the NFL. If Jordan Love continues his ascension that he's having right now, could the 2020 quarterback class end up being the best one probably since 2004? I think it'd have to be, right? I, I can't I mean, think of another yeah. class that would. I can't think of another one that has four first yeah. round quarter and then five if you want to extend it into Jalen Hurts, right? right? So that's that's pretty. I mean, you could be, I mean, that could end up being one of the better quarterback classes of all time. I mean, it, it, going all the way back to the 83 class, that's so revered. You know, if you can see the success continue for Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, Jalen Hurts, and then now add in Jordan Love if he continues to progress. Yeah, it gets kind of crazy because I think even if Love and Tua are, you know, above average starters like they are now, I would say, I still think it contends for that because, I mean, Burrow, Herbert, and Hurts, top six quarterbacks in the NFL right now, you know, uh, I mean, this year, I, th I think maybe even that's being a little – safe like they could be all top five qbs with mahomes and allen so uh yeah it might already kind of even be there even without Tua and love breaking out who both those guys had two of the best week one games too yeah so uh last thing on on week one and in the same game there uh justin fields uh where where are you at on him right now I, uh, you know maybe maybe stupidly i still have faith like it, it's it's not great and i like you know i like that they adjusted the offense for him but he they didn't give him one um you know one called run play every run he had was a scramble uh, which to me is bonkers when you have maybe one of the definitely a top three rushing quarterback in the nfl right now they didn't even use him like that and then you're not setting up for passing success um just Without the experience of throwing the ball and the coaching staff to back him up, like it's going to be, I think, a hard road to climb. I still feel like he has talent. Like he, he has some passes that you're like, wow, that you know, that's it. Um, but that's not enough in the NFL. So I'm still, I'm still holding out hope. Uh, but I, I think he's at least, at least the third best quarterback in that class, I guess. That I, even if he flops, I still want to say he's probably better than Mac Jones, even if Mac Jones lasts forever. Yeah, I, I, just, I don't know. I, I was hoping above hope that he would be 
better by now, but it's does not seem to be heading in that direction, does it? Yeah. Well, we'll see. You know, I, I'm going to give the Bears team some time and with, with DJ Moore and with, with some newer weapons, but the Chase Claypool trade was awful. I mean, he looked awful in that game. Uh, so I think it's just rough going. Yeah. Rashad Johnson, though. Got some good garbage time. I hope, I hope they start him. I think he's the best running back they have. Um, you, you're just saying that because you probably own a lot of shares. I, I own so many Roshan Johnson shares in fantasy. It's not even funny. <laughs> Redraft, dynasty, whatever. So. <laughs> All right. Let's let's uh, let's look back at week two of college football. We each watched four games officially last week. Um, so it, it, each week when we do this, we, we, we single out an offense and a defensive player that we both – liked in the games that we uh, watched. And for me, both of my players that I liked are going to – because the three games I watched on Saturday weren't great. Uh, But the game on Thursday – or I'm sorry, Friday, uh, Kansas and Iowa – or Kansas and Illinois, start with my offense player, Jalen Daniels. Uh, Looks like he picked up right where he left off before the injury last year. And you saw the highlight. I know you saw it on Twitter at least where Jerzon Newton, who had two sacks in this game, and we're going to get him in a second, bearing down on him. He just makes him miss in the open field and just throws a laser beam down the field, uh, completes deep pass. And he had had a a great game uh, for the Jayhawks on uh, Friday. So he was my best offensive player I saw this week. All right, how – how high do you think he could go in the draft? I think he's a tough – this is his fourth year, so he could stay. He yeah. probably will. I assume um, he'll stay. Right. But because... if, if we're talking 25, I mean, what would you think is the ceiling for him, for Jalen Daniels? Uh, tough to say. I say with – if he continues to progress as a passer to go with his athleticism, I think he could get into the first-round conversation in 25. Uh, when the quarterback class potentially isn't as deep, right? Because I think we're – and we're definitely going to talk about the 24th quarterback class here a little bit later. But um, I, I think that's a spot that, you know, with a good all-star game, you know, go through the motions. I think, you know, he could, you know, get his way into the first round talk. Yeah. Not this year, though. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, we, we can – but I think it's interesting – this, I think the I think Anthony Richardson going top five just ruined like quarterback evaluation for the draft, right? Because you can always be like, well, this guy could, you know, he has the arm, he has the athleticism. But I think Jalen Daniels, like you said, has shown some of itself. He, he's interesting. He's tough for me. He's he's a tough one to uh, evaluate. Shane, uh, rarely do we talk about non uh, skill players in this segment, but uh, you're going to talk about one here for your offensive player of the week. Yeah, look, I, I, I could have went Texas um, being upsetting Oklahoma. It was it was, it was a great game, you know, so could have went Quinn Ewers, could have went Xavier Worthy. I think they were kind of low-hanging fruit. Um, so I'm going with Joe Alf, the left tackle for Notre Dame against NC State. Uh, yeah, we don't often talk O-line in the Offensive Player of the Week, but, you know, coming into the season with Olu Fashanu from Penn State coming back, uh, you know, I really questioned well, how's my evaluation of Joe Alt? I've had him as the number one offensive tackle, I think, since coming into college um, for this draft, uh, or at least top three. Um, you know, have, have I been kind of sticking to my priors and watching this game? I don't think so. You just see the the athleticism. Uh, I think he had one false start penalty, and that was like the only 
negative play I graded him on. Uh, I mean, just such a smooth athlete at six seven. He's he's moving and has that long reach that like man. I mean, I don't even think uh, any any NC State edge rusher got two hands on him, like was even able to get close enough to try to try rip through him or bull rush him. Uh, that's just how much the footwork and the handwork really went together with that athleticism. So, uh, I, you know, I think Joe Alt from Notre Dame is a potential top five pick along with Olu Fushanu from Penn state. Those two left tackles. This is a, a really, really athletic and good offensive tackle class as well. Uh, a lot of teams need them. So I think we're going to see a lot go in the first round. That's a fact. Um, my, the best defense player I saw this week, again, was from that game Friday night, and it was Illinois defensive lineman Jazon Newton, a guy who I think is a first-round talent uh, as an interior pass rusher, uh, great size, great move, uh, pass rush uh, move set, had six tackles uh, in the game against Kansas, uh, four solos, and he sacked Jalen Daniels twice. Um, everybody saw the one that he didn't get, but uh, – they obviously didn't see the other pressures that he, you know, had on Newton all night long, or Daniels all night long. So just Jazan Newton, uh, my defensive player of the week. I feel like he's getting like left behind. Like people are kind of ignoring Jazan Newton after he had a lot of hype going into the last draft and went back to school. Um, but yeah, I, I I think he's a phenomenal, you know, athlete interior pass rusher. Um, Maybe the maybe the best interior pass rusher in this defensive line class to me. Yeah, it's a very very good possibility, and I think he's a guy that because of that that gets lost in the shuffle. I think he's a guy that ends up down here in Mobile, and uh, you know that that buzz starts picking up, uh, and then one on ones, you know, down here kind of like uh, some others did, uh, like Ke- Keanu Benton and everyone did last year. So. Anxious to see how that – or Javon Kinlaw is another name that that comes to mind from the – that had the big week at the Senior Bowl and with the interior pass rush. And Newton could have that kind of week uh, down here and get into that first-round conversation. I mentioned earlier, Shane, is is Miami back? They might might be back. They they beat beat Texas A&M this week. A big upset, 48-33. The U – and and uh, Texas, they might both be back. Um, yeah, you know they even had some guys on the offensive side that I was considering. I'm Tyler Van Dyke looked great. Remember, we will we, talk we about were, him a little bit uh, later. Yeah, you're hyping him up last year. Uh, but my defensive player of the week does come from that game. Does come from Miami. It's Cameron Kitchens, safety from the University of Miami. He was all over the field in this game. I mean, when there was a tackle made or even just uh, you know an assist. It seemed like Kinchins was there uh, first quarter. He had a, a big kind of hit, uh, knocking a receiver out of bounds, jawing at the guy, and and then then the receiver dropped like two passes after that. Like like it see it was kind of like the old Miami like we're gonna intimidate you, and they were intimidating you know an SEC school that's had success uh, was really surprising to me. I mean Kinchins had an interception in the game, almost returned it for a touchdown. Um, good size, six foot two hundred five. Really nice agility, sideline to sideline work. I mean, he 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 read and reacted much better than I remember from last season. I was kind of low on him coming into the year. I think I had him lower than a lot of mock drafts did, uh, but he's he's converting me here into a, a real believer. Another class that I think is very good is the safety class, and I'm interested to see how that shakes down with that position not being as valued in the NFL 
recently. Yeah. Uh, how many times we're going to call him Kitchens? I, I know. I, so I was did it right there when I said it. Uh, but yeah, Kitchens, I got to get that down. One more player I want to talk about that neither one of us watched, but I'm going to bring him up because I love a running back that catches the football. And anytime you have a running back that sets the NCAA record for most pass, pass receiving yards in a game, I got to bring it up. It's Dylan Laub from New Hampshire uh, against, and it, this is against an FBS opponent now against Central Michigan. Uh, Laub had 12 catches for 298 yards and two touchdowns. And I saw some of the highlights on Twitter, and I was like, he's got some speed too. So this could be. Uh, this could be a fun little uh, prospect to track uh, throughout this process. Well, he's been in my mock draft since uh, the spring. So, you know, if you've been if you've been reading all seven rounds of my mocks, I think I've, I've tossed him in there in the sixth, seventh round, my RB26. Yeah, I mean, fast, but he's built. He's not like a small buck 90 guy. He's more a 210 type of uh, running back, but shorter. So he's got kind of that bowling ball type of mentality. I didn't think he was the receiver that uh, this game showed. So I haven't watched it yet, but I'm excited to go back and see, and maybe he'll really vault up these rankings here. It's the most eye-opening running back receiving uh, line I've seen since David Johnson against uh, when he was at Northern Iowa against Iowa, where he, excuse me, had like 200 receiving yards and like seven or eight catches in that game. And this is just way above that. I mean, he also had 30 yards rushing and a touchdown in the game as well, but that's an afterthought. And he also has kick and punt return ability. So that's I, – I, he's going to get drafted. He's going to get drafted, right. Receiving special teams, like he's going to get drafted above guys. He's, gonna, that, he's gonna probably going to run into four or fives. He's going to have a good all-star game, wherever that may be, either in Mobile or in Frisco. And he's going to end up getting drafted probably in the fourth, fifth round. And he's going to make a roster. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's look ahead now to week three. We've got eight more games this week. Uh, Shane, starting on Friday night, 6 p.m. on FS1, I'll be watching Virginia and Maryland. And I don't think either one of these programs are all that great this year, especially Virginia who got – beat by James Madison last week and was a six-point underdog. They actually covered the spread. They were winning the whole game, too, I was hoping. <laughs> but the the mere fact that they were almost a – they were a touchdown underdog to a Sunbelt team tells you all you need to know about Virginia's state of their program right now. Um, Maryland in this game, I I really want to watch uh, – Yedzi, the uh, transfer up from uh, D2, Frostburg State, the offensive tackle. I want to watch him. Uh, I don't think Talia Tungavailoa is going to be in the mix here of draftable quarterbacks when it's all said and done, but I think he ends up in a camp. So um, the receiving talent, a little bit there this year for Maryland. Deshaun Jones, probably the top receiver there, but a lot of their guys uh, went away. Yeah, it's good. Ho- hopefully we get to see uh, Desi. He hasn't played yet. I don't know if it's been coach's decision uh, or he's not a starter, but um, I, I know he has not played a snap for Maryland yet. So I'm hoping the rumor is you'll, you'll get to see him uh, that he's going to play this week. So, you know, uh, it's interesting. 
Uh, I love Roman Hemby, their running back from Maryland. I'm a big fan. I think he has day two potential, maybe 2025. He's only a third-year player. Um, and Caden Prather, their transfer from West Virginia, uh, who you mentioned. You know, I, I wish Virginia was better. What they went through last year was really tough. Um, and so, you know, I was, I was hoping for a good year for them. I like Chico Bennett, their edge rusher. I think maybe he has late round potential, but it, it's kind of rough going uh, for their roster this year. Yeah, they do have a couple solid edge prospects. So that's kind of why I was hoping to see a Yedzi uh, in this game to see how he fared. Um, 11 a.m. on ESPNU, Shane, you'll be watching the Iowa State Cyclones traveling to Athens, Ohio to face the Ohio university and they've got some nice skill prospects. I watched them earlier this year. Uh, despite Curtis Rourke getting knocked out early in that game, I assume he's back now. So that that's, the, I assume the main evaluation for you in this game, but uh, Sam Wigglers, uh the uh, Wigglers, Wigglers, Wigglers. Yeah. Wigglers is uh, he's he's a solid wider a solid receiver prospect gets uh, does a great job getting open in the slot, and uh, Cy Bangura their running back I thought was explosive in the game uh, the runs I saw against San Diego State earlier this year, uh, Iowa State not the talent pool that they've had in recent years but there's a few uh, we should have taken Hunter Deckers off because he can't gamble properly. Uh, off of our watch list here, but uh, TJ Tampa, I think their corner, probably their best prospect. Yeah, he's probably their best prospect. Uh, pretty solid. I like Jalen Noel, their receiver, kind of deep threat um, player for them. He's intriguing. And uh, Isaiah Lee, their defensive lineman, is pretty, um, pretty battle-tested, uh, solid kind of three-tech in there. There you go. Uh, 2.30 on ESPN, Shane, you'll be watching uh, Minnesota and North Carolina. I believe this is the first time we've mentioned the Golden Gophers this year. Got a couple of good players there. Brevin Span Ford, their tight end. Chris Altman-Bell, seventh-year player at wide receiver. Uh, somebody to watch. But I think their best player definitely has to be safety Tyler Newbin, right, uh, for, for the Gophers. And, of course, we're not going to see Devontae Walker because the NCAA sucks. In this one, but you will see Drake May. Yeah, so I mean, Drake May, maybe not the start we were hoping for, not really the big numbers as they're running the football more. So we'll see if he kind of bounces back. Um, you know, Minnesota has some good defensive prospects. You mentioned Ubin. I like Justin Wally, their um, uh, Whaley, their corner, I think is is pretty good as well. So I'm interested to see him. And they have a couple offensive linemen that I think are like borderline draftable guys, you know, have some run blocking ability. So we'll see if they've gotten better a little bit. Um, North Carolina, a couple in, intriguing uh, players. One, one guy who uh, transferred to Coastal Carolina, their interior offensive lineman, Willie Lampkin, uh, guard, kind of a light uh, zone blocker, which fits North Carolina pretty well. They have a couple defensive players I like too. Uh, Miles Murphy, the defensive lineman, not the guy from Clemson that's in the NFL, but a different Miles Murphy. Uh, Power Eccles, their linebacker, I like a lot. So I think North Carolina has some some talent. Um, and I really want to see Desmond Evans, their edge rusher, five-star prospect, super athlete that's never put it together. You know, one of those types. Sometimes those guys can come out of the work, have a good year, and rise off the board. So I'm interested to see him. I'm not sure if he put it together last week, but come on, Rucker. Their uh, other edge player, uh, Sack Spencer Rattler, like 
three times in the opener. And you mentioned they've been running the ball more uh, fully healthy now. British Brooks uh, for North Carolina, solid uh, in week one at least. I can't speak to what happened against App State. Yeah, I think some of their two younger backs did most of that damage. So um, they have a ton of running backs there in North Carolina. It'll be, I think it'll actually be a fun, close game, so I'm excited for it. Uh, 2.30 p.m. on CBS Saturday. I may or may not be watching this on CBS as Next Star, the owner of our local CBS affiliate here in Mobile, and DirecTV are having a spat, so I may have to watch this one online. But regardless, I will watch it. Uh, South Carolina at Georgia. <sighs> I'm just hoping it's close, Shane. Yeah. I, look, it's tough. Georgia has come out the gates pretty slow the, their first couple weeks. I don't think this is yet the same Georgia team we've seen the past two years. They can get there. They have the talent. And, and, um, and by slow, they're averaging beating their first two opponents 47 to 5. Right, right. But, you know – Slow for the the first half, first quarter expectations. Right. You know they're not hitting that blowout right off the bat. So maybe 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 you get lucky here. South Carolina has some talent. The two things that I will talk about here with South Carolina that I am intrigued to see if it can continue is Spencer Rattler is currently completing eighty three percent of his passes through his first two games, no interceptions. This is uncharted territory for Spencer Rattler as a quarterback prospect to actually be making sound decisions in the passing game. Can he continue that, or will the Georgia pressure force him into doing stupid things? The North Carolina, despite sacking him nine times, he never threw an interception or forced any balls. Can that continue? We'll see. And Shane, do you know who the Power 5 leading receiving yardage uh, person is. I'm going to guess he's from South Carolina. You are correct, sir. And it is Xavier Leggett, sixth year or fifth year wide receiver from South Carolina, who prior to last year's Gator Bowl was just a kick return. And he was very good at it, but it's just a kick return. Now he's actually developed into a legit receiver who's going up getting 50 50 balls, running great routes, making great catches. He leads Power Five, all Power Five receivers in receiving yardage up to this point. We'll see what happens after Saturday but where he actually has to go against, you know, legit cornerbacks. So <laughs> we'll see if that continues. But I'm, I'm more grasping at straws and hoping here, and uh, we'll see. Because uh, last year, Brock Bowers uh, basically made every, every play that Brock Bowers made last year will be on his draft highlight film come in April. Yeah, and look, uh, you got to go up against maybe two potential first-round DBs and Kamari Lasseter, uh, their top corner for Georgia, and Javon Bullard, their uh, top safety, uh, which, which is always tough. I mean, Georgia has multiple linebackers that are going to get drafted again. J uh, Javon Dumas Johnson's probably my favorite. Um, and Nazir Stackhouse, the defensive lineman, hasn't done much yet, but um, I think he has NFL talent. So uh, it that might be a little tough going for, for South Carolina offense to keep that pass game uh, flowing. Yeah, you're probably right. But if was Xavier Leggett goes over or goes over 100 this week, Shane. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm going to get some acknowledgement from you next week. I will pick him up in college fantasy if he goes for over 100 yards this week, okay? There we go. Uh, 3 p.m. on the SEC Network, I'll be watching UL Monroe at Texas A&M. 
Uh, Texas A&M coming off the loss to Miami. You would expect them to get back on the winning column this week. Uh, obviously, the talent is there with the Aggies, but they are just, again, once again, underperforming this year on defense. The offense actually seems to be, you know, doing a lot better with Bobby Petrino calling plays. Or I think he's calling plays anyway. Um they do have a receiver that I'm anxious to see, and this the main reason I chose this game is Tyrone Howell, the guy we talked about last year, uh, came back, uh, six-year receiver, six two two zero two. We'll see how he does against Texas A&M. Yeah, and A&M has some good players, McKinley Jackson, their athletic defensive tackle, uh, you know, really good at getting to the quarterback, but has that nose tackle type size. Um, I like Bryce Foster, their center, took a step back year two, had a really good freshman season. I think he was kind of getting it back here uh, against Miami, played pretty well. So it's interesting. Uh, and Ruben Fathery II, their offensive tackle, is uh, potentially a first-round pick. Uh, how did he do against Miami? Um, up and down. It was very inconsistent. Maybe not what I would expect from a guy of his pedigree, so he dropped – down my rankings a little bit actually after that game uh, down to six on the offensive tackle uh, rankings, but maybe you can get it back here. There you go. 6 p.m. on ESPN plus I'll be watching South Alabama at Oklahoma state uh, South Alabama. So uh, they've got talented players on the team this year. Uh, my favorite player on their team, probably running back uh, with Damian Webb, but I think they're the player that's probably going to be drafted the highest from this team is their safety game banks. Uh, if he enters the draft uh, going forward, uh, Oklahoma State talent way down uh, this year. They're running a three a three quarterback rotation that includes Alan Bowman, who's played at Texas Tech and Michigan. Uh, I, although I don't know if he's going to start this week or not. Uh, probably the best player I think that they have is Brennan Presley. Their slot receiver, five eight one seventy five, is also a good punt returner. Yeah, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's interesting. I think there's definitely some talent there, but then like other positions on the defense and offense just don't have it, and it's been tough to evaluate. Like I, I like their edge rushers. I like Colin Oliver. I like uh, Anthony Goodlow, but um, they haven't really done much. You know, I like some of their receivers. You know, you, you know, you mentioned um, Brennan Presley. I like Design Stribling came over from Washington State. Jaden Bray's getting a lot of targets, but not really converting. So it, it's uh, it's tough for me um, ultimately. But yeah, we'll, we'll see um, see how South Alabama does. I think they could put up a good game. Uh, I, I I wish we could see uh, Devin Voice and the receiver. He's out with a knee injury, yeah. but uh, I really liked him. Yeah, he's he's going to be out a little while, I believe. Um. 6.30 p.m. on ESPN2, Shane, you will not get to see Rock Sander, Rocket Sanders, uh, the Arkansas running back. He's going to be out this week, so that kind of sucks. Uh was hoping to get to see him against BYU's linebackers who uh, are plentiful and good, like Ben Bywater, I think uh, one of the uh, – maybe a top ten linebacker in this class. Um, what do you – What? who else are you looking at in this game? What other matchups uh, intrigue you here? I want to see the Arkansas O-line against uh, BYU's pass rushers and linebackers. Uh, Bo Limmer, their um, center, is very intriguing. He's has kind of some of that power. He's played guard, has played center. You know, Ricky Stromberg last year, they kind of worked together in tandem. So I'm interested in that. I like John Morgan, the third, the edge rusher that came over from Pitt. 
but yeah, I was hoping, I was hoping to see Rocket Sanders <laughs> go go up against BYU. Um, and BYU is is probably kind of flipped as well. I, I Kingsley assume Tyia uh, was on the freak list for Bruce Feldman. A, definitely a potential first round offensive tackle in his own scheme. Probably their best prospect. And they also have another massive offensive tackle on the uh, right side, Caleb Etn. So going against some uh, some decent pass rushers with Arkansas, Zach Williams, Trajan Jeffcoat, uh, the the transfer from Missouri, um, and John Morgan the third. So Eric Gregory, uh, they've got some a decent edge rotation there in Arkansas. Uh, so anxious to see how those uh, BYU tackles handle that. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a good game. Another, I mean, BYU's probably not gonna be able to hold up, but uh, we'll see. Um, 9.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1, Shane. You'll be watching Fresno State at Arizona State. And speaking of uh, talent deficient, I think that applies with Arizona State. There's some solid players here, but not uh, not in great numbers. Same thing with Fresno State, where I think the top players, probably Jalen Gill, maybe linebacker Lavelle Bailey. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Fresno is – kind of reloading, has some young players. The offense is still clicking. I think Arizona State's kind of a similar spot. They have a lot of young guys, true freshman Jaden Rashada starting. I like uh, Jalen Conyers. Their tight end is athletic. I got some crap for ranking him very highly as a freshman and sophomore when he didn't play. Now he's turning into an NFL prospect. Um, so, you know, he's he's intriguing. Um, so, you know, we'll see kind of what happens from there. Um, but uh, Xavier Guillory is another guy, the receiver for Arizona State, transferred from Idaho State. He's been putting up some good numbers, been kind of the go-to receiver for them. I liked him at Idaho State. I think it's an intriguing uh, transfer up as well. All right, so that's going to do it for week three. Almost, That's almost going to do it for week three, Shane, because we've now got to tell the people how to win money, as we both hit last week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our, both of our locks hit. I had Wake Forest uh, cover the spread against Vandy. You had um, Cal, Cal covering yeah. against Auburn. So uh, probably should have won that game, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I was hoping for the Monday. Three missed field goals and a fumble recovery that got taken off the board because the refs blew the whistle too soon. That was like in the first, early in the first quarter. So, yeah, Cal probably should have beat Auburn there, but they did not. That's so fine. Shane, they covered. They covered. That's all. They that. did cover. Uh, so Shane, I'm going to uh, I'm going to go with a Mac Road underdog here, and I'm basically basing this on the fact that uh, Brian Ferentz's offense at Iowa, I'm not sure they can score 29 points at all, and they're favored currently on FanDuel by 28 and a half points over the Western Michigan Broncos. So I am going to take WMU row the boat, or they used to row the boat anyway. They don't row the boat anymore. But I'm going to take I'm going to take Western Michigan here plus 28 and a half on the road at Iowa. What do you think about that one, Shane? Yeah, look, I, I, th I think it's intriguing. Uh, Iowa's offense does have to really lay the egg. I think that's really what it comes down to is can they run the ball and score? Do they run enough clock? Uh, so – very, very intriguing. I think, if I think Western Michigan scores a touchdown in this game, I feel very good. I think they'll score a touchdown. I think they have a good enough offense. Jalen Buckley, they're starting running backs to look good. So 
I have faith they'll score a touchdown. Shane, who do you got here? Who's your lock of the week? Well, we're similar in a lot of ways. I'm going with another big dog against a Big Ten team. Um, I'm going to take Georgia Southern plus 19 and a half at Wisconsin. Um, Wisconsin had an awful loss last week, uh, which I think maybe kind of sets them back a little bit. Uh, Washington State beat them. So they come back home. But I think Georgia Southern is highly underrated. This this is one of the best offenses. Brian Ellis, their offensive coordinator, is really good. Davis Brin, their quarterback, is experienced. They have Derwin Burgess, the Caleb Hood at receiver, Jalen White at running back. Uh, you know, they're, it's a pretty stacked offense. Wisconsin's still learning their system. Can they really win by three touchdowns in this game? I, I don't think so. I think Georgia Southern is going to put up enough points that they can keep it fairly close, not win, but uh, they're going to score some points here. So I, I like I like Georgia Southern as a, as a team this year in the Sun Belt. There you go. I do like I do like a good Sun Belt pick. Yeah. Shane. So Shane goes Georgia Southern plus 19 and a half at Wisconsin. I go Western Michigan plus 28 and a half uh, at Iowa. Everybody go ahead and get that money uh, this week on those two bets. Lock them in. Lock them in. All right, Shane. I wrote something today. Uh, talking about the potential of the 2024 NFL uh, draft quarterback class. So I did a little research going back, and we're going to call it the modern draft era, which I'm saying started in 1993 when the draft cut to seven rounds. So going back to 1993, the most quarterbacks taken in a, in a draft class was 17. And that was in – I can't remember what year it was. But anyway – the point is here, do you think the depth in this class and the need for cheap quarterbacks can get over the number 17 in 2024? I I do not. I, I, th- I think your piece was good. I think it's super interesting because I do think there are a lot of names in this class. I, I just – I think we're still in a problematic time where – a everyone can go back to school (laughs) and I think everyone goes back to school, right? Like, I think that's what happens. If you're not going to be a first round pick, I don't think you come out if you, if you don't have to, I think that's what the quarterback position has become in the NFL draft after COVID. So I think when you talk about talent, like you did in your article, that do I think there are 17 draftable talents eligible in this class more than that? Absolutely. hundred percent. And I think, you know, but, but I think a lot of them, are not going to come out uh, ultimately because the first round bar is really high for quarterbacks higher than I think um, we always think it is looking in, you know, I mean, neither of us liked Will Levis, right? Like neither of us really liked Will Levis all that much. Didn't think he was a first round talent, but I mean, he was getting pumped as a first round talent. He couldn't, you know, cut it. Um, so that, that's just my kind of thought. Um I think it, I think it could be high. Like I think I think we could you could get close uh, this season, especially with some teams that need backups and uh, the backup quarterback play in the NFL is awful. I I think I agree with your premise there, but uh, but I think a lot of the names, the Shadur Sanders, the JJ McCarthy's, um, even the Riley Leonard's, like I, I don't think they're going to be in this draft. Yeah, that, that was kind of my thought as well, but I was also just kind of like going on the. Maybe, maybe sure. they all in, end up in there. I think that, and as I said in here, the two we can lock in 
will be Caleb Williams and Drake May. You can lock them in. They're top five picks. Right. As of today. Yeah. They're, they're top five picks. Um, they're, they're getting drafted, you know. <laughs> right. Right. So. But, and some of these other guys, I, I, they, I presume they're out of eligibility, like Bo Nix. I, I don't think he can go back. I, I, I don't think he will go back. I don't think it's worth even looking into. I agree. I think he'll come out. He will get drafted at some point. I, I'm with you on Shadur Sanders. I think he stays at least one more year. Uh, if for no other reason to finish up with Travis Hunter. Because um, he's going to be one more and done. He's, he's not going to be there beyond his third year. Uh, Raleigh Leonard, I uh, I don't know. Because I, I would have said before the season started, I think Ryan Riley Leonard stays in school another year. But now my I, I think his hype is starting to get enough buzz that he may end up entering the draft, especially if he's going to be the third quarterback off the board. I mean, he was not a good pass. He did not throw the ball well against Clemson. Like it was a bad game from an NFL draft perspective. It was a bad passing game for him. And like if he would have excelled in that game. Throwing the football, I would have said, yeah, this is the top 50 pick guy because I think that was where the hype was kind of going. There's been some talk that he is looking at coming out, that there is NFL interest. I think the rest of the season really determines that for him. Um, what about Quinn Ewers? Where, where are you at with him? I, I think he is that typical, like, if what he did against Alabama, if he does that all season, he's going to be a top 10 pick. And then he'll come out. And if he doesn't, he won't be a first-round pick. And he probably goes back to school, maybe even transfers right from Texas. Like, I think those are kind of the two options. It's like he's either going to go in, like, the top 20 or maybe a Will Levis gets overhyped and goes in the top 50 or he goes back to school. So you're on record saying this is his last year in Texas. <laughs> I mean, I, I just – if you're Texas, I don't know what you promised Arch Manning, but it, it can't be sitting for two years behind Quinn Ewers. Um. You're not a J.J. McCarthy guy at all. I know you're not. I'm, I'm not. He's, he's played really well so far. Like, I mean, they haven't – Michigan hasn't played anybody yet, uh, you know, so I don't know. But I like ECU and UNLV isn't in Bowling Green now and then Rutgers and Nebraska, like, uh, not really instilling confidence. But, I mean, I just – I don't see a world where J.J. McCarthy is a top 15 pick lock, right? Like, and then if you're not – are you going to risk it and declare? I, I think I, as a third-year quarterback, I just don't know if you do that. I have a feeling, and I'm just going to call my shot now, these next four names I'm going to mention will all be in Mobile at the Senior Bowl. They will be four of the six quarterbacks in Mobile. Michael Penix, Jr. from Washington, Jordan Travis from Florida State, Spencer Rattler from South Carolina, and Tyler Van Dyke from Miami. I think they all enter the draft. They all play in the Senior Bowl. You have more faith than I do that they all enter the draft. I, well, Rattler's I, out of eligibility, I believe. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, he might be. Um, I know Penix like, is. <laughs> Penix, yeah, Penix is. But, I mean, Jordan Travis, I think, is year four. He definitely has another year. If they don't win a national championship, you come back, try to win one. If you're him, yeah. I mean, you're not going to be a first-round pick. I don't, you know. Uh, I think he's better than people are giving him credit for. But, like, I don't think he's going to be a lock. Van Dyke, very similarly, like, what does he have to do to get in the top 100, you know, is it 
worth going back to school if you're a third round pick like Bo Nix. You're a third round pick, go back to school, try to become a first round pick. I mean, I think that's what these two guys do. I could ultimately see with Van Dyke, if he has, if he plays like he has in the first two games under Shannon Dawson, the offensive coordinator, I mean, it's a complete night and day from what it was yeah. under Josh Gaddis. How bad are you as offensive coordinator, Josh Gaddis, that you couldn't uncork this talent uh, as an offensive coordinator? It's That's awful. And Shannon Dawson's come in this year in these first two games, and Tyler Van Dyke looks like a world beater. Uh, he looks like he did as a redshirt freshman. And the and, and that intrigued the talent that intrigued us to all put him in the top ten of our way too early mock drafts last year, and then he just fell off the planet. Uh, but I think if Van Dyke, you know, maybe Shannon Dawson gets a, a head coaching gig, and then Van Dyke's like, "Yeah, I'm not going through this again. Let, let me go." You know? Well, if Shannon Dawson gets a head coaching gig, if I'm Tyler Van Dyke, guess where I'm playing next year? There you go. You know what I mean? Like, like. Well, let me go there. You know, I think that's the tough part. And if they, if all these players come out, then they're not first round picks, right? Like, you know, that's why I don't think Shooter Sanders comes out, even if he's super hyped. It's like, well, I could be Caleb Williams next year, right? Like, why, why declare now? You know, why do that? So it's intriguing because, like you said, I think the talents are there. But I, I think in general, and we've seen this in college football, in general, the first two, three, four weeks, the quarterback numbers are bonkers. It happened last year, and then they all fell off a of conference play, and it's going to happen again. You know, so I think we just got to pump the brakes a little bit. There are some other intriguing names out there, like Austin Reed from Western Kentucky is a guy I personally like. Uh, Joe Milton, yeah. Joe Milton from Tennessee, on arm alone will get drafted. I don't know that he should be. It's, it's been rough. It's been rough so far this year. I mean, he was too struggling against Charleston, I think. For a while, uh, last I, week, I, I think KJ Jefferson from Arkansas is intriguing as a player. I want to see more from him, and the same thing with Cameron Ward from Washington State. The you know transferred up last year from Carnet Ward, and Carnet Word, he's been solid for 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 Wazoo there, and has has looked and was you know one of the main reasons they they got the dub Saturday night against Wisconsin. Yeah, I think he's another one that comes back. Um, you know, if you're Cam Ward, like, keep it going as long as you can. But, uh, no, I think the other names, yeah, I think Austin Reed is draftable um, for sure. I think KJ Jefferson, if a team likes that size and athleticism combo, right, that's kind of a, a late-round dart, maybe an undrafted kind of dart. Um, but, but you have some other names on here, too, that I think is like – Yeah. Like Sean and Clifford it, got drafted, you know, like, like right. oh, okay. And now he's actually quarterback two for Green Bay. How did that happen? Like he he fits that system just really well. Sometimes that's that's what it takes, you know. Uh, Weird. But uh, and he, these other six names I have here that I'm fixing to read off are all guys that at one point or another have been hyped up as potential high quarterback draft picks at one point. Uh, Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina. Uh, really wish he would have gotten into a real offense. We'll see. Uh, yeah. I'm actually going to watch them. Is it? It's not this next week. I think it's next week or week. Uh, I'm actually going to watch to see how that's going. Jaden Daniels from LSU. Uh, Sam Hartman now at Notre Dame. You thought he looked good in the opener against Navy. Uh, yeah. You'll you saw him again. Yeah, he was good again. Yeah. So and you're going to we'll see him again next week. 
against Ohio State. Well, and then I'm done with Notre Dame for the year. That's it. I'm done. Uh, you you'll have your uh you'll have your report written on Sam Hartman by the end. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Devin Leary uh was at NC State now at Kentucky. Uh, Dylan Gabriel uh has been good this year for Oklahoma. Uh, after transferring from UCF two years ago, and Michael Pratt at Tulane, uh, maybe they beat Ole Miss last week if if Pratt plays. You know, he looked great against South Alabama in the opener, and then ends up getting hurt right towards the end of the game and was unable to play uh, this past Saturday. And, and you have two schools missing whose quarterbacks haven't played well so far, but always get drafted in the first round, right? Ohio State and Alabama. So Kyle McCord right. and Jalen Milrow, third-year players. I, I don't think either of them have played like draftable I picks. It, I don't think yeah. either one of them is going to come out either. Right. But, yes. but you know, but if, if we're like, okay, you know, shoot, shoot for the moon. Um, I think it will take maybe a record setting first round of quarterbacks for, for it to happen. Right. I mean, we need like six, seven quarterbacks going in the first round. The record is six, and that was in 83. Yeah, and I, I, I talked. Yeah, I talked about that in the article where, you know, and in that class you had three Hall of Fame quarterbacks, uh, Elway, Kelly, and Marino go, and then the other three, not so much. Uh, Ken O'Brien was okay, but Todd Blackledge, uh, much better as a commentator than he was uh, an NFL football player, and Tony Easton was awful, although he did start in a Super Bowl, famously for getting murdered in a Super Bowl, but he did start in a Super Bowl. So, Yikes, yeah. So, it's a good article. Check it out on the draft guys. It's a good article. Uh, I, I know, I know, on a record-setting number of quarterbacks uh, from Shane, and I, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, did we get any questions on Twitter? We did not. We got none on Discord. Or did we get some on Discord? Get anything? Uh, we did not. The only that. thing That's I have on Discord was Cade Mac- McNamara's. Uh, his fluid his conversation that he had pre- uh, press, conference press conference worth worth looking up. We won't uh, repeat. Yeah. We won't quote yeah, just just look, just, just Google a uh, Cade McNamara press conference. And <laughs> Cade McNamara, by the way, not one of the quarterbacks that I think has a chance to get drafted in 2024. No, uh, yeah, that Iowa quarterback doesn't usually uh, work out too well. So no, is he better than Spencer Petrus? Yes. Low bar. Low bar. But it's a very low bar. And he's not clearing it by much. But yeah. uh, Final thoughts on everything uh, draft-related this week, Shane? Yeah, look, I'm just excited to keep things going. Um, after this week, I'm going to work on updating my big board and getting that. My, my positional rankings, I kind of update each week. So definitely check those out at Draft Countdown. Yeah, uh, we got some good some uh, good rookie conversation coming up uh, on Friday. Pigskin Paul going to be breaking down all the rookies uh, and how they are per- the top rookie performances from week one. Uh, Brad's going to be uh, talking about one of those quarterbacks uh, we just talked about and the draft profile of Jalen Milrow. Uh, he's going to look at him. Last week he looked at Shadur Sanders. This week Jalen Milrow. So check that out uh, on Draft Countdown. That's going to do it uh, for tonight's episode of the podcast. As always, if you're new to the channel, please hit that like button and uh, subscribe. 
uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel, and hit the notification bell so you get notified when you go live. If you listen to this on an audio platform, be it Spotify, be it Apple Podcasts, or be it whatever, however you listen to it, please give us a five-star review on one of those deals and uh, share it out. Let us know uh, what you thought of it. And always comment on the videos, too, uh, if, if you want. Uh, Brad doing a great job putting up these shorts and everything. Uh, that, that's that been going well. Uh so that you want to subscribe to that so you can get, so you can see all those uh, cool things as well. And, and follow us on Instagram as well. Those are all going up there and Facebook. So uh, follow me on Twitter at deep fried draft, follow Shane at Shane P. Hallam, follow draft countdown at draft countdown and go to DraftCountdown.com for all of your daily NFL draft needs for Shane. I'm Brian. Good night, everybody.